to be clear, <laughs> considering this podcast has a lot to do with women in the workplace, like, I do have a job. I just, <laughs> just I haven't just been, like, hanging out, being like, hmm, let the wind what do take I feel me. like doing? No, no. no like, I've been working. Yeah, yeah, no, that would be, yeah, I've just been. Okay, we're not exactly, like, the most sane people on the planet. Just keep talking. Welcome. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of More Than a Pretty Face. I'm Natalia. I'm Grace. And we're so excited to be with you guys today. So first, uh, tell you a little bit about me. I'm Natalia. Um, This is not the first podcast that I'm doing, but it's the first podcast that I started with a friend. Grace is making faces. Do you want to introduce yourself? But none of you know because of audio. Anywho, um, so Natalia, we should introduce ourselves. I introduced myself. I, right. I assume there's more to you than your name. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, there's not much more. There, my middle name starts with an L. So yeah, I am getting my master's in public policy. Um, right now I have a year left, thank goodness, um, and I want to really work in the nonprofit world, uh, specifically with like peace building and women and refugees. And yeah, that's kind of me. I'm not super interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty boring. Um, uh, everyone does that. I, I mean, they do. I mean... People who want to work in nonprofits are a dime a dozen in the city, lady. Well, that's why this is a garbage city. <laughs> it's not. It's lovely, despite the fact that we've just been flooded with, like, thousands of 19-year-olds who want to work for free. Oh, my gosh. And who don't know where to walk on the right side of the escalator. That is actually... I my- never got that. When I started college here, I had a friend who was like, people are so rude. They, like yell at you when you walk on the left side of the escalator and I'm like but that's how that's how society like that's there's not... the walking side and then there's the standing side even if you don't know that it's just like yeah you you stand on the right like I don't know that just just what? like look at what other people are doing I'm not saying jump off the bridge with them but just you know pay walk attention. down the escalator like they do this it's, is maybe not good content it's but 100% good I'm content we should talk it. about it New, um, new topic entirely of just the podcast just talking about women the next one will be about the devil that is transportation anyway grace grace tell me about tell me about you oh i went to college in dc i graduated a few years ago um and just stuck around um my degree was in english i didn't really know what I wanted to do after, um, which is so normal, but again, it's DC, so I was just surrounded by people who had, like, career paths picked out right away. 
So yeah, I've just been figuring out what I want to do. And then we got together and we were like, we're going to make a podcast because people yeah. want to listen to us. You know. So now we want to talk about, okay, who do we want to have on the podcast? So we really want to talk to women from all walks of life, whether you're a teacher, an engineer, someone who works in the sales industry, you may work at a gas station. Um, we want to just talk to women about their different perspectives about like what it's like to be a woman and how do we define womanhood? What does that really look like? And how does that translate depending on which work environment you're in? Mm-hmm. And, and I, yeah, specifically, I was just going to say like what it's like to be a woman at work. You know, yeah. um, I think it'll be like interesting to because you're I mean, you're in the nonprofit, the nonprofit world, uh-huh. if you will, which is definitely like like everything still, you know, run by dudes. But like there are a lot more. I feel like the offices and like the people you're more likely to come in contact with. It's majority women. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right? Like there's a bunch of women in in my offices like that of all the nonprofits and places I've worked, Mm -hmm. but then we go higher and I see like who my boss's bosses is and they're all like men. Yeah. So they're like white men. Yeah. So like I work in customer service and it's a somewhat physically demanding job. This is like how we know each other is this this job. Um, but (laughs) then she left for better things. It's fine. I'm over it. (laughs) Um, but that's it's not mostly men but I've noticed over the past year and a half that I've worked there that it's like the people that are able to like stick around the longest are guys and it's something like 80% of our managers are men or something for the whole company so you know that's fun um so yeah just kind of I'll be interested I guess to like hear from different people and sort of like the breakdown like gender breakdown of their workplace and how how that goes for them but we also want to like dive into different topics focusing around the sphere about like say how do we talk to men in the workplace about when they ask us like stupid questions yeah. um, or tell you how to do this like something you know how, how to, to do, do. Like, yeah like don't mansplain to me like what is that like and how do different women you know combat that like in their in their workspace and how to say their personal life interfere with yeah. their work life and not interfere like they can be conflicting things but just how to how does that all intersect because we want to yeah. just create like visibility and identity for women and kind of just learn from those who are going to come after us and come before us and who are at the same places as is how they've dealt with this because we feel like we never got like a roadmap you know I feel like figure out things I mean I'm sure like everyone has this experience in their early 20s it's fine I feel like I knew all of these, you know, people's sort of, like, inherent sexism or racism or whatever, right? Like, isms, all, the isms. all those isms. I'm trying to think of the word, like, your your unconscious biases, right? Yeah. Like, it's like I knew those Implicit were there. Bias? Implicit bias. Implicit bias. Yeah. words, guys. Yeah. We hope um, you also study for the SATs on this podcast. Implicit? That's because I can be an SAT. That's what I say. I was thinking GRE. I was like, hmm. No, that's not GRE. No, this is... I don't... We're step below the GRE. It's fine. <laughs> PSATs. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just weird, like, how much I, I, like, actually encounter that stuff, kind of, like, mm-hmm. it, it feels like, oh, I knew about it in theory, but now I'm seeing it in practice, and so it's weird to, like, just sort of watch myself, like, how I deal with that, and sort of the expectation that, like, women won't respond, or, like, will respond, like, mm-hmm. super emotionally 
to frustrating things and just sort of like having to not do that but also like no one sees when they're being you know stoic and strong no well no one or like no one sees their is like willing to look at their own implicit biases right and like examine their own actions but it's sort of like so I see that I'm affected by that and I'm just like stewing inside but I'm like also I can't express this and it's true because like we don't want this podcast to be like oh super like women's empowerments like you know men are bad and we're Mm -hmm. like we don't want white feminism like one half of our podcast is white that's grace yes no it's me it's grace uh but uh i am the non-white half of the podcast what i call you too you call me the non-white half well no i just call you non-white that's fair and like natalia she's uh not white not white that's fair um and so, like, we don't want it to be, quote-unquote, like, stereotypical white feminism or, um, or even, like, so we don't want this to be, like, a particular type of feminism. We are feminists. We do consider ourselves that. But, like, what does that necessarily mean? And it, and we don't want it to come off, like, super, like, women is, women's empowerment-esque and, like, we're going to support all women no matter what they do. No, we're going to call you out on your ish. Like, if you're doing something stupid, we want to be able to call you out because I feel like that's the only way that you make progress is to make sure that you're actively calling each other out when you're doing things that are wrong um, and then supporting each other when we think things are right mm-hmm. um, and exploring all the spaces in between. And we don't want to just exclude it to like, oh, only women can do this in this space. We understand that like men are part of this process, although we are focusing on women. Like the other thing that we're exploring is what is womanhood? And that's something that we're hoping to ask all our guests, how do they define womanhood? And we want to hear from like a variety of people about how they've used that in their own life and what that means to them. I feel like we are like the practical lean in, right? For people that aren't like Facebook executives. So we'll give you like, we'll tell you how to do what we want. We'll ask people how they do things. And, like, collect advice and ideas Mm -hmm. um, for people that aren't in upper-level management at huge tech companies. Or if you are, that's cool, too. Come on the show. Yeah. We'd love to have you. We we basically, the thing, the whole premise is, like, we want to hear from women that are like us, that, you know, middle of the road, just, like, came from normal families, quote-unquote, because what is normal, really? Because you'll probably hear me talk about my crazy family on the show. Um, but just who came to like DC or came to this area with like high hopes and then we tried to break into the world and we had no idea how to do it. And we want to hear from the women that are doing it, not necessarily just in DC, but across a wide spectrum and just hear about their different experiences. Um, but yeah, we definitely want to create an actively inclusive space. Um, we want to highlight imperfect women. I totally forgot we had a list of these. I was like, oh, wow, you're really, like... I'm very thinking on top of No, guys, we planned. We, Grace apparently forgets. No, I have, like, things. I have the Google doc, doc open. It is a split screen right now, and I forgot. Okay, continue. This so, is good stuff. It is good stuff. We want to um, make sure this is a space for imperfect women. We're not going to sit here and tell you everybody's perfect or nobody's flawed or that Mm -hmm. we have it figured out or the women that we bring on have it figured out because we're going to bring on people from all backgrounds and to have all different kinds of thoughts. And well, that's the hope and the goal and the dream. Um, We may not agree with everything that they say, and we hope that you don't agree with everything that they say. So we want to just really explore that space. 
Um, and we want to create a space where people can talk about what nobody else is talking about. And we really want to create kind of like a battle plan for life. Just hear tips from all these people from all this walks of life. And like, these are the battle tips that I have gone in and they've been successful. Um, and that's what more than a pretty face is. We are more than what society has told us we are. We are more than what we necessarily think we are. And we want to be recognized for that. We don't want to just be, I don't know, we don't want to just be average, not just average, but like we want to be recognized for our holistic selves. Yeah, I think in kind of like, I feel like this kind of conversation will like so often boil down to like, I'm more than what I look like, like, you know, like, I have a brain, I'm smart, blah, 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 which is all like fair and true. And like, certainly that can feel very real sometimes. But I think it's also just like, no, even if someone's not, you know, judging you based on your outward appearance or whatever, like Mm -hmm. how you dress, what you look like, blah, 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 who cares? Um, just the assumptions that people make about your abilities and your understanding, um, and, um, what you sort of, like, making assumptions about your potential based on what they assume about you, whether or not they're willing to admit that they're making that assumption, and just sort of, like, having to like work against that assumption without being able to name it Mm -hmm. um I think is kind of what we're trying to do right like no it is it's totally cool (laughs) wouldn't it be be awkward if you were like nope not at all not at all we're just (laughs) I came on here because I want to talk about public transportation and I thought that's where this was going no I do though um but yeah we we also want to, like, we don't know what the definition of a woman is, which we can have our own ideas about what it is, but we don't want to come into this saying, like, a woman is this, because we are such complex creatures, and we are so different, whether that be, like, racially, ethnically, spiritually, in our jobs, and to say that there's this one definition of who we are I think would be absurd and that's not what we want to do here yeah I think it's kind of like any sort of um identity category that's been created where it's it's not like it's not a useful definition or Mm. or identity like it gives you the sort of ability to like reach out and identify with other people who might have experienced similar things but I think when you try when we try to to um to come up with a definition like an explicit definition it always ends up excluding people um Mm -hmm. I think the same is true when you try and define like race as well right Mm -hmm. um or really anything it's just like well no it's more complex yeah it's i'm i'm moving my arms you know i don't god damn it i feel like we're gonna be doing like a lot of hand motions i know no one's gonna know this is so hard right now 
I move my hands all the time and I, I mean, I still am, but like, I don't know how anyone's going to understand. I mean, and it's more fluid. Yeah, That's fluidity. Fluid. That's what I was miming. Okay. Cool. Um, so yeah, on our show, we're going to have a couple different segments, um, depending on the week, depending on the guest. Um, but for our first episode, we wanted to start off uh, with our segment called Problematic Faves. So basically, this segment is talking about things that we really like, but they're also problematic in essence, but we like them anyway. So we're going to delve into that topic. Which, to be fair, I think is like literally everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. It's like nothing is perfect. Society is a problematic. Society is my problematic fave of all time. Anyways. Anywho. This week, I um, want to talk about Madewell jeans. I don't know if you guys have heard about the whole Madewell jeans controversy that's going on. It started a couple months ago, but articles have still been popping up about it recently. So basically, Madewell is a sister brand of J. Crew, um, who I also love J. Crew, uh, and they came out with a little bit ago um, a now like inclusive extended sizing uh, for their jeans and especially for curvy body types. I'm doing air quotes like people can see me. Um, but basically they're like extending their sizes up to like 20 or 22 now. Um, but the problem is a lot of like fashion blogs and stuff have been doing these tests to see if they're really good for curvy bodies and they're putting up like the biggest size pant next to the straight sides, which is usually ends at 14. Um, and there's like only like a two inch difference. Wait, between the 14 and the 22? Yeah. Interesting. Or the 20 or like, is it 20? It's either 20. Uh, I think it's 20. Yeah. 20. So that's only how many more, six more sizes. Yeah. Wait, 14. So 16, 18, 20. No. Like, if it's 20, that's three more sizes. If it's 22, that's four more sizes. Four more sizes. So either way, but still, two inches is not enough. Oh, no, I just meant, like, it's, like, an exclusive whatever line, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's four sizes. (laughs) It's still not that inclusive. Yeah. It's also just, like, why didn't you have that before? Why is it exclusive? Um, I also hate generally... This is, I, I feel like I'm taking away from, from your You're not disdain for, what did they call it? Exclusive what? They called it extended sizing made for curvy body types. I don't know where I got exclusive, but that's bullshit. Because my thing is like, women's pants make no sense, like how they're sized so whatsoever. Because I'm like a taller than average person. And it's like, true, you do have the legs. Right. Anyways, <laughs> and like, it's really fucking hard to find pants, okay? And it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's incredibly frustrating. I don't understand why it's not just measured like men's pants where they actually give like inches and length. Like, everything is just given in these, um, like, metaphorical terms you know where it's like Mm -hmm. I don't wear of x number by y number I wear like a size x in long or tall yeah it's always tall it's like that's not 
Because, like, I am tall, but sometimes the tall doesn't fit. And then I have to wear regular. It's like, I don't, mm, I don't get it. And what does curvy mean? You can be curvy and, like, a size 4 or a size 10. That's just, I don't know what you mean. Do you mean fat? Just carry those sizes, though. In general. Just carry those sizes. In general. It's like a conspiracy <laughs> against women. Just, like, why in store? Like, why do you assume? Like, number one. Okay, this is also my big thing. These sizes are also, like, only available online. So if you're going to store, you're not going to be able to get that size, like, in store, which really pisses me off. And as someone who's, like, worked in retail, we most of the time only carry up to a size 14 in store anyway. Don't you only get, like, one or two? Yeah, we only get one or two of whatever piece of clothing it is in that size. So the minute that sells, it takes forever to get another 14 or, like, a 12 in the store, which is ridiculous. And then we're going to have to have people order online anyway. Yeah. And then people get pissed off because it's, like, oh, but I want to, like, try it on the store. Well, yeah, no shit you want to try it on the store. Don't but they we don't, all. Don't we all want to try it? Like, I went to the store for a reason. Yeah. And so, like, people get angry, and it's, like, I totally agree with you. I also think there should be more sizes in store. Or you're, like, oh, we only carry 16s online. But Why? Especially because the average size woman in America is a size 14. I also, like, it just seems, like, if you're thinking of it from a purely economic perspective, like, it's just bad capitalism, right? Because it's just Mm -hmm. this idea that, like, oh, like, these women just don't exist, or not enough of these women, like, exist Mm -hmm. above a certain size. Like, we just can't sell to them. But it's like, well, maybe the fact that you have, like, only ever carried two like two articles of clothing per size 14 say mm-hmm. it's more like and like the reason they don't want to shop at your store yeah, and less like an indicator that they don't exist it's sort of like yeah if you only carry like size small shirts or whatever you might think that like oh there are only size small people in the world but there aren't <laughs> And you just only the have the one size. They're not the majority is the thing. Like, it's insane. And so, like, I really like Maybell jeans, and I really like J. Crew. Like, I really like those brands. But this is just super problematic on the fact that, like, you didn't have this from before. Yeah. That's also, like, problematic. Not that I was out here, like, shopping at J. Crew every day, so, like, I knew that they wasn't caring there. But, like... Yeah. I just remember, like, that's that's a place where, like, my mom would shop and, like, mm-hmm. her friends would shop. And I, me and my mom have, most of my life, we've usually been around the same size. So, like, if I mm-hmm. needed to, I could, like, put on pants and stuff from, from J. Crew or from Madewell. And I'm like, oh, okay, these fit and, like, they're really comfortable or whatever. But I was always on the higher end. Like, I've always, it's always been, like, a 14 or nothing. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that, like, and that's also hard. And... I've always, and like, don't hope that the size 14 fits you. Because even when you go from, like, store to store, like, the, the size 14 can, like, vary. Oh, yeah, and, like, wait, where is it? Old Navy has that bullshit, like, vanity sizing. What does that mean? It's, like, so, kind of your standard sizing, they mm-hmm. have a size down. So, like, I wear, that's no one's business, but I wear size C, and then at Old Navy I'm a B. Oh, to make people feel better? Yeah. 
Oh, that's so nonsense. That right? makes me angry. It's also very confusing. <laughs> if yeah, you because, don't like, know that ahead of time. I'm like a 10 at this store, but like an 18 at this store. Like, it doesn't. Yes. So, like, it's just, pro- I think it's just, like, problematic. And also, like you said, like, what does curvy mean? Like, I consider myself curvy because, like, I have hips and a butt and and just a lot of going on. But, like, like you said, women can be, like, a size 2 or a size 6 and still be hippie. It doesn't automatically mean that like you're not yeah curvy if well, you're like, a smaller size. Thing. And like what does so what does curvy mean at that point? You're just trying to like say fat. It's like, oh, these people are fat, but we're gonna call them curvy to make them feel better. Like Well, I also don't get it because it's like again, like I can I could shop at these stores in store and like not have a problem. Like my size is always there in abundance. What or like ordered in abundance, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time I'm like I don't understand, like, why you assume that, like, women's, like, hips and thighs are, like, the same, like, width. It's Mm -hmm. very strange to me because I have, like, my hips, like, stick out farther, right, Mm -hmm. than my thighs do. So it can be really hard to find pants. But it's, like, I wouldn't describe myself as curvy, but not... Because you're a human. Right, because I'm, like, a a person. Um, But... I'm also like I I know what you mean by curvy though and that's not me but like your pants still don't accommodate me is weird. It's I mean weird. and obviously like this isn't like a real problem cuz I can just go to a different store and mm-hmm. find a pair of pants but it is like it is this weird like sort of like um like you're made to feel bad about your body cuz they don't fit the pants right as opposed to just like you don't have pants that can like accommodate my body accommodate your customer and like yeah yes not every single store is gonna make like I'm not saying every store should just have like from you know double zero to like size 85 but I mean like why not I mean not 85 because I don't think that's real but (laughs) (laughs) watch an 85 size 85 person comment and be like I'm out here and I exist watch I mean sure I believe them. <laughs> Anyways. But, like, why not? Like, why is it so hard to just carry more sizes? Like, I, I feel like it's it's all about, like, I think it's just, like, rooted in fat phobia and, like, maintaining a brand image mm-hmm. that doesn't incorporate larger bodies. Which is right? stupid because it's like, like, larger bodies can't be attractive. Of course. I mean, of course, that's not true, um, <laughs> to be clear. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's kind of like, well, if you really wanted people's money the way you say you do, then, like, you would, like, all stores would carry larger sizes. Like, you wouldn't have certain stores where it's like, this is where I have to shop because, yeah. um, like, more, like, standard, like, straight-sized accommodating stores don't have my size. Mm-hmm. No, I think you should, a cat just crawled on me, um, <laughs> I think you should definitely be more inclusive in your sizing in stores, and coming from someone who's, like, have issues finding clothes in, in quote-unquote, like, just regular stores previously, and having, and feeling a lot of types of way, because it's like, oh, I want to, I like this shirt, it's really cute, but it's not in my size, mm-hmm. or even on a larger note of that, it's like, and I think it's the same thing 
with what Madwell was doing, it's like there's only a <laughs> two inch difference. You said Madwell. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Madewell, sorry. Um, Madewell is doing like there's only a two inch difference, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's not sometimes all the time, especially between like fours. I that's that's not enough, mm-hmm. and because my body is proportioned differently, the larger size may not fit me properly because you probably cut it the same way you cut the extra small. Right. And so, like, so what a lot of companies do is they will just come out with the same type of clothes for larger sizes Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, we just made it two inches bigger from previous and, like, kept going up. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, because that person, if they're a larger size, Mm -hmm. something on their body probably won't fit as well. So you need to cut it differently to fit their body as well. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I think it's also, like, just to know, it's not like there's some, like, specific point at which, like, bodies become, it's not like, all right, you've hit size X, above this, you're a large body, below mm-hmm. that, you're, a, a, like, a normal body, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it is just kind of, like, yeah, like, the larger the clothing size, like, the person's body might exist differently, like, maybe just work with that and like look at that and like try and accommodate that rather than just looking at yeah like you're extra small and just being like I'm just gonna add like three inches to all my measurements and And make the same thing because that's great but that's just kind of like you like took a picture of someone and then like like enlarged it you know which is like not how like people grow and also it like, looks distorted like think about when you take a picture and you just it looks distorted it doesn't look yeah like an attractive like, picture it looks like oh someone like photoshopped this person it's very weird yes um, it's very strange yeah. I don't agree with it it makes me angry because I didn't always fit into straight size clothing clothing and sometimes mm-hmm. I still don't um and so to know that I can't walk into a store when I'm the average size of a woman, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. like the average size, quote-unquote, of a woman in America, and I can't walk into any store and necessarily find my size. Mm-hmm. And not just, like, they may have my size on the label, but it won't fit my body, but I can go to the next store over and it will fit my body. And it's mm-hmm. just, like, why is there such... Like, I get, I get, like, everybody has their own style and cutting technique or whatever, because like, that's what makes a brand. But there's just so much distortion... Mm-hmm. I think in sizing, mm-hmm. and specifically in women's sizing, especially also when I think about women in the workplace getting clothes, like finding good black, honestly, finding good black pants as a woman is one of the most challenging things. Like a nice pair of black slacks, like. I hate dress pants. Because you can never find a pair that properly fit you. No, I mean, that's true. But also, I hate them. But that is why. But my main thing is because it's very hard. But I think it's also, like, if you're kind of on the cusp like that, it's like, okay, yeah, I go in, like, a medium doesn't fit me, but I can try, like, the small or the large, depending on how it doesn't fit. If I go in and I'm, like, the, I'm usually, like, an XL or a double XL, Mm -hmm. that doesn't fit me, say they're out of, like, a 3X or something. Mm -hmm. Um, then out of luck, you know, like, yeah. and it, I mean, it could very well be like, oh, well, they're also out of smalls and larges. Yeah, maybe. 
but like mm. it's they they'll still like carry those sizes you know like mm-hmm. a 3x like they could just not carry that or if like i am a 3x and like they have like the one item right yeah. and it's like okay well this doesn't fit like you basically like you have you have less wiggle room you know you do once you start to get the larger end of the spectrum and I've I mean I just remember working in retail so I worked at a store that was more boutique so we would you know personally shop with our clients and one of my favorite clients she was my size so she she is like 14 and Mm um she the first time I worked with her she came in she was like yeah, I love coming in the store, but, like, it's really hard for me to find stuff, um, and that was so disheartening to me, because I feel like people weren't going up to her as much beforehand, being like, hey, let me help you find something, mm-hmm. and that was before, like, we had a management change, so our new store manager and your assistant manager were way more body inclusive and way more into, like, making sure that we can find stuff for people and that's who I came into but that's not who she had a previous experience with mm-hmm. and so we and like I remember she ended up spending like a bunch of money that day too with me mm-hmm. because like there was finally somebody who understood how her body worked and was willing to show her the things that mm-hmm. worked for her body and hunt for the very few like 14 sizes or the very few like large sizes mm-hmm. that were there for her and to me that's so sad because it's like Clearly, she's a woman who has money to spend yeah. on clothes that make her feel good. And this store who prides itself on, like, shaping women, like, having clothes that fit women very well mm-hmm. and being comfortable and being, like, timeless pieces, mm-hmm. it's, like, you're completely ignoring yeah. a subsect. And it's, and the sucky thing is, like, okay, if, like, the large doesn't fit her and we don't have an, like, she's out of luck. Yeah. Because a lot of times, like, we'll just have larges left and won't have, like, extra large. Mm-hmm. And we'll just, and she's, and I remember her being, like, strictly a size 14 mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of, like, pants. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, like, you know, for, you sometimes can do the 12, like, you just. Right, right, right. But, but it's like, okay, I can't even give you a size up to try. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just so, to me, that's just super, super disheartening. Yeah. And it's, and the way we follow, and I think just with Madewell, the way that they're qualifying, hey, now we're being inclusive, we're going to do curvy, which, once again, whatever that means, and now we're going to do up to size, like, 20, mm-hmm. but we're not actually going to make the pants that much bigger, you're not really helping anybody, because women who are a size 20 are going to come in expecting to buy size 20 pants. Well, they're going to buy it online. Uh, buy it online, yeah, because they're, they're not even worthy of coming into the store, they're going to buy a size 20 pants and not be able to fit into them. They're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I gained weight. Or, like, I don't know why I still can't fit these clothes. And then they're going to feel really crappy about themselves. Or they'll just be like, I don't know. Like, you could be, like, totally, like, confident in your body and be like, I look good. And, like, you go and you're just like, fuck, you guys don't have pants for me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just annoying. It's you know? Annoying. And, like, sort of depending on where you are in your relationship with your body, it's either, like, incredibly disheartening and could be very like emotionally draining or it's just like I ordered these pants Mm -hmm. they got here they do not fit like the size was false and I feel like but here's the thing I think coming from somebody who 
has had that happen to them, like, I don't think my immediate reaction would be like, oh, they just, they just, they just don't fit. I would mm-hmm. automatically think there's something wrong with, like, me versus... Well, yeah, no, that, that's why I say, like, depending on, like, where you are mm-hmm. with your body, because it's not, like, like, everyone's felt. Like, I think once you sort of get... Not that this is, like, a point everyone has to get to, but, like, there is that kind of, um, I think, struggle between, like, am I wrong or is the thing I'm trying to, like, fit into, whether that's, like, clothing or, like, just a certain space or um, anything, right? Like, Mm -hmm. or is that wrong? Um, Yeah, I think there's just always that back and forth of sort of, like, maybe you're kind of, like, on the way to, like, feeling more confident in yourself Mm -hmm. and like that's a really active process and it requires constant vigilance right but it's sort of like yeah you have these very like real moments where it's kind of you realize like oh like these people are trying to fuck with me you know where it's like oh this isn't this isn't me like I am being screwed over here but like it still feels really bad like it still doesn't like even, like, from my own experience, like, Mm -hmm. again, like, this isn't a problem I, this isn't, like, a discrimination problem I have, right, because, again, I can go into any store, Mm -hmm. for the most part, and, like, find a size, unless they are just out of it, which is not common, but, like, I'll still be, like, oh, this pant size, like, doesn't fit, and then I, like, that just can trigger a bunch of things, but it's still, like, it requires me to, like, in a fitting room, which is the worst place in uh, the world, right? Oh, uh, so true. Re- they also, they get really hot. It's for, true. You always sweat. I hate trying to close my um, But, yeah, but, it, it, like, you have to, like, in that space, be, like, conscious enough and, like, kind of, like, okay enough to be, like, no, like, it's not me. It's them. Mm-hmm. It's not me. But it's, like, if you don't have the if you just can't do that, like, maybe you're just, like, that little bit too tired, like, that, I don't, or, like, whatever's going on, like, that's exhausting. It is, because you're there for, like, in reality, once you put on the clothes, like, putting on a pair of pants, all women, I feel, wiggle into their pants, I feel like that's just the thing that we do, and so we wiggle into our pants, that's, like, 30 seconds, you have 30 seconds to go through that entire process, and if you are at the higher end of what the store is, and they don't make anything bigger, mm-hmm. you're automatically going to feel discouraged about finding a size. Because, like, you wouldn't, like, for me, if I picked out one pair of jeans and I was like, oh, like, I like these jeans, I'll try them on, and they didn't fit, I wouldn't go back out into the into the store and pick up a different style of jean and try it on. I would just automatically assume mm-hmm. that none of the other sizes are gonna fit doesn't yeah. matter the style which kind of which kind of sucks it does suck yeah and I feel like that's I don't know with this whole like made well thing I feel like that's what we're telling women yeah that it's like we've you've reached your limit if you can't do this then you're wrong but it's also ridiculous because they didn't actually make a true right. size 20 also that they're using it as a as a time to like pat themselves on the back kind of like we noticed that body positivity is like popular now so 
we'll give you this much. But like also it's, it's Not nothing that much. and it's online. So um, that's our segment called Problematic Faith. Oh my gosh, you know what this is making me think of though? You've seen um that old classic Sister of the Traveling Pants. That old classic <laughs> I mean at this point though, like it's been a while since it came it's out. It's a great movie. I rewatched it like okay, it was like a year ago at this point. Mm-hmm. But um anyways, we all look so young. It's very weird. Anyways, you know the part when she's um trying on bridesmaids dresses mm-hmm. with her soon to be stepmom and stepsister mm-hmm. and then like the dress doesn't fit and yeah. then she like storms out and she's like unlike you and your daughter I have an ass I was like that's great if we ever figure out how to use audio we'll play a clip of that here <laughs> we'll find it alrighty so our next segment <laughs> that we'll sometimes maybe do or maybe it's the only week who knows um, it's going to be Shiro's and Zero's. And I kind of hate the word Shiro, but after, like, saying that phrase out loud, it feels very, like, almost retro. Like, I don't know. It feels very, like, nostalgic in a weird way. Does that make sense? I'm just wondering, like, where your nostalgia is coming I don't from know. with this phrase. It just like, feels that... very, like, like, I feel like in a childhood I didn't have, we called people Zero's as like an insult like I never did that but it feels very like you're an L7 yeah it feels very like oh this is this is what like if you were a kid in the 80s this is what you did well yeah because you call people L7s right no that's a square I thought it well it could also be a zero anyway explain moving on (laughs) from that um yeah so I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory right so just like cool people and shitty people the shitty people are zeros yes if that wasn't um, the cool people are heroes get it you guys because it's the lady cast but like but... also it's whomever yeah we just you know because words are cool anywho so our cool person this week is just um the whole country of ireland um by the time this podcast comes out this will probably be really late well not really late but like two weeks later. two weeks later <laughs> But whatever. But it's fine. And we should highlight this all the time. Yeah, so um, um, Ireland voted. Well, there was a vote in Ireland um, to... Um, there was... Let me think. Sorry. I'm blanking. Um, so the people of Ireland voted to overturn the abortion ban, um, which is pretty cool. Um and I think just makes um, reproductive decisions not necessarily easier, but less complicated for a lot of people. Um, because the reality is that Irish women were always, and even during the abortion ban, were getting abortions. They just had mm-hmm. to travel to do them or were doing them really unsafely or buying um, abortion pills online, which um, if you have any experience with those or any knowledge of them is not something you want to get online. Um, yeah, I feel like she should talk to somebody. Well, it's just like they're usually you'll like take the initial pill sort of like at a clinic or at a doctor's mm-hmm. office and then you'll take a second pill later at home. 
but it's an incredibly uncomfortable experience. And Mm -hmm. again, it's not really something you should do without supervision. So any, obviously like none of these things should be done without, without like actual medical, um, supervision. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of whatever your stance on abortion, I think it's kind of, uh, it's a sign that the people of Ireland are willing to just meet, meet people where they are kind Mm -hmm. of, um, and just give them the safe care that they need. Um, and yeah, I think that's really cool. I was really, um, surprised, I think, because leading up to it, I wasn't reading a ton about it, but everything mm-hmm. I saw was just like, the vote's going to be really close. Like, these are the polls. Like, And the polls all seemed like really, like, obviously the band's going to get overturned. Like, it would, it would always be like, people are in favor of the overturn mm-hmm. by like a pretty large margin. margin yeah. um, and I think it's also telling that a lot of the articles... Um, a lot of the coverage on the vote um, and leading up to the vote was done by British and English news outlets. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of, also in those in that coverage, there was a lot of discussion about like Catholicism mm-hmm. and sort of uh, if this vote is overturned, does that mean like the country's turning away from the church and stuff like that? Um, which... I found very frustrating because I was just like, it just, it just felt like this weird, like really old fashioned view, like viewpoint that British people used to have about the Irish, which is just that they're all like backwards and like country folk and like, don't know how to do anything right. And like, you know, they're, they're part of this like cult that is Catholicism and like, they just, um, follow their, um, follow their religious leader mm-hmm. with no no thoughts of their own um I think it's just because like Ireland has been known to be like a very very Catholic country yeah I just think that's like I mean throughout like even in in British literature there's like a lot of whenever anyone writes about Ireland it's always mm-hmm. like the sort of you know that weird uncle who like lives lives wherever yeah and just sort of like oh these people are dumb they're simple they can't be trusted Mm -hmm. um just a lot of a lot of justifications for um britain's own imperialism over them yeah yeah which is just sort of like yeah they don't really know how to do stuff um and it was also just weird to me just the because I, i mean like ireland is very like um obviously very catholic Mm -hmm. um no one's gonna deny that but again talking about like thinking of like women in these spaces I think Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting as well and this is maybe like a larger discussion outside Mm -hmm. of the abortion ban um I think it's interesting that like every time we talk about like religion and I think Catholicism in particular Mm -hmm. because it is so hierarchical we always talk about like the leaders right so it's always like the pope the bishops blah 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 and like that just hasn't been my experience with it Mm -hmm. and like 
I think it would have been more interesting and more worthwhile to kind of like actually like find people who were both in favor of a legal or like legal access to abortion mm-hmm. and identified as Catholic mm-hmm. because I think um, there are frankly a lot of those I mean, there are obviously a lot of those people, and it's sort of like that delineation didn't really happen mm-hmm. until abortion became political in mm-hmm. the 80s, right? When it sort of became a way for, like, conservative parties to capture a Catholic vote. And it's just, it seems like one of these very um, artificial distinctions that mm-hmm. we still kind of cling to, um, and as we have just seen, is not necessarily always true no it's I think it's definitely not true I think it's interesting because I feel like when we talk about abortion we do talk about it a lot with like a catholic lens of like they're staunchly against it Mm -hmm. and shout out to Ireland for overturning this bill and that's like as someone who is not we've talked also like Grace and I have talked about these labels of like pro-life and pro-abortion like what that means. Or pro-choice. Oh, pro-choice, like, sorry. Pro-abortion, that sounds so... I mean, that's, like, more accurate, though, right? It's, like... Or pro-access, right? Yeah, pro-access, because, like, as someone, like, I don't agree with abortion. Like, I don't... It's not something I advocate for, but at the same time, it's not... I'm never going to take away a woman's right to have access to it. And mm-hmm. inherently, I feel like we're all pro-life. Like, no one's out here trying to die, or, like, have people die. Yeah. Or, like, but it's also, I feel like we live in a country where we're, like, oh, church and state are separated, and we, you know, women should have access to this. I would so much rather women have access to be taken care of medically, like, like psychologically after, because, like, no one's out here just getting an abortion, just willing to, it's not like, oh, it's a Tuesday. Yeah. What do you want to do? I think I'll go down to my local clinic and, you know. I think it's also really easy to, like, because, again, when you create these two groups that are so distinct, it mm-hmm. becomes really easy in each of those groups to sort of um, create what they consider um, the typical uh, abortion patient, right? Yeah. So I've had people tell me who identified as pro-life tell me, mm-hmm. like, oh, like, people get abortions, like, they don't even care, like, da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously like and then from sort of the pro-choice camp I've heard people tell me like um again not about their own experience but just like how empowering um getting an abortion can be like how great it can be for women all that kind of thing and it's like maybe but like maybe both can be true and like or maybe like you do you do identify as pro-life and you get an abortion and like that is really, I imagine, very difficult for mm-hmm. you, but it's still, like, a decision that you had access to, assuming it's your decision, mm-hmm. that you had access to and you felt was right for you, and you should be supported in that. Um, yeah, I think, and at the very least, it's just a surgical, or not just a surgical, but it is a surgical procedure, mm-hmm. and it's just physically very uncomfortable. It is, like, there's a lot of, like, I know some of the who has gone through that and I think it excludes the narrative of like 
these women, it's like women that are getting abortions or women, I don't know, a lot of, in my experience, a lot of women also that are pro-women's access Mm -hmm. is, it's just like, you don't know the situation and you don't, like, you don't understand, you don't know the situation of that woman and it's not, it's not our place to take away her right to have decisions because this encroaching on I feel like people also forget that like, when we talk about abortion, like we're also talking about women's access to reproductive health and women's access mm-hmm. to like health and like healthcare in general. Yeah. There, that is, that is part, like abortion is just one small part of the conversation totally. of women's health in general, which has been severely neglected by everybody. And yeah. so I feel like to me, this the the overturning of the abortion ban in Ireland is not just like oh people are now just gonna go get abortion like it's what to me it looks like is like people are starting to take a stance for women's health yeah and understanding that women's health care is important because there's like a whole aftercare procedure of after you have an abortion and also like counseling on like is this the choice for you which I feel like we don't talk about and it's like what if she does want to have this child but does she have you know, we're, we're so pro of, like, have the child, but, like, are there systems in place for women who cannot mentally or physically take care of a child because kids cost money? I think also, like, a lot of those services, so sometimes, at least in the U.S., I don't know about in Ireland, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of, um, pregnancy counseling services that, um, claim to offer sort of, like, full-spectrum counseling, and, but, really their aim is just to convince pregnant people to have their babies to deliver. Um, and again, that's still an option, right? Like mm-hmm. that's still just, just as significant um, or just as an uh, important a consideration as an abortion. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, it, I, I guess my point in bringing that up is just to say there's so because we don't really place the emphasis on women's health care and reproductive justice that we should like it's really hard to distinguish between mm-hmm. these sort of fake counseling services and genuinely genuine counseling right that would yes. actually say like these are your options and also um I know even even for women who who choose who make an adoption plan mm-hmm. um for their baby um they uh, so many adoption groups are actually like uh identify as as pro life mm-hmm. um which is fine but it's sort of like maybe that's not really what you need like emotionally to be mm-hmm. hearing right about the the significance and the importance of the life of Mm-hmm. the thing you're carrying um with it right or however you see it you know mm-hmm. um maybe that's not really something you want to identify with but it can be so yeah just kind of not being able to access um the care you want and mm-hmm. the care that will take you as you are and we'll say I under like I see where you're coming from I understand why you feel this way and like I will I will accommodate you as such, right? Yeah. So maybe it's like I wanted to get an abortion and then I decided not to or, you know, circumstances mm-hmm. happened 
life happened. And then I ended up continuing my pregnancy and I decided to make an abortion plan or sorry, uh, an adoption adoption plan. But all the adoption groups I found were seemed to exist more um, as anti-abortion activism mm-hmm. than they did as real, um, not as real adoption mm-hmm. groups, but like that seemed more the messaging they were interested in mm-hmm. than in promoting adoption. Because um, adoption is like a beautiful thing and like should be yeah celebrated it's just like how are you counseling me as I go through this because like at the end you are giving up your child like if you're giving up for adoption like mm-hmm. you're gonna carry that baby for nine months and then you have to give it to people and it's like do you want an open adoption do you want a closed adoption do you want like and I think you're right there's not there's so much of a focus there's I, I don't think there's enough focus on the mothers that are going through this process whatever right turn they take and in turn focusing on women because once again like what like some people want to revert to a time where like basically being a woman is a pre-existing condition in terms of health health insurance life insurance like health care six years ago yeah like it's not that long so it's so it's like okay well if I tell you that I was pregnant or that I can get pregnant like there's all these implications and it's and it's negating the fact that, like, women need to be cared for in a certain manner because our body does certain things. And I feel like we constantly forget that literally with that woman, none of us would literally be here. It's, yeah. And I we think, forget to take care of the reason that we are here in the first place. Yeah, I think it's also just, like, again, it can, I think there's just a disconnect between the sort of um activist theoretical approach to um policy and just how that policy is enacted and how that affects people's lived experiences right because mm-hmm. say you're giving up a child or say you're making an adoption plan um often well not often but yeah oftentimes um the people having babies that will be adopted, like, they might not be as supported in the hospital. Like, they mm-hmm. might just not have, they might not have a partner. They might not yeah. have family. Like, the circumstances that led them to make an adoption plan might be the reason they are less likely to have that emotional support mm-hmm. in a birth setting. Um, and so it's sort of like, okay, um, you know, that's that's just another part of, and we're really only talking about like the spectrum of pregnancy here, right? Yeah. Like there's so many other like um aspects of reproductive justice that aren't about just pregnancy. About pregnancy. Yeah. But um in this case, it's like, yeah, like how how do you how do you aid that person who's giving birth alone? How do they um, still advocate for themselves mm-hmm. if they, cause say they still like don't want a C-section or don't want an epidural. Yeah. Right. Um, even if they're not going to be parenting their child, that doesn't mean they don't get to make those decisions about their body. And right. Like, exactly. I feel like, so how do you acknowledge that and how do you aid that? How do you aid that decision? Right. And I feel like a lot of legislation that's being made 
around women, our, our choices to our bodies and what that looks like, um, and just health in general are trying to fix problems that have taken years and decades and decades and different administrations to create and like with with one bill that you pass in six months mm -hmm. you're trying to fix like a 30 year old problem with six months or a year and mm -hmm. and i feel like what we see with ireland is they they're understanding that everything is going to change but they're seeing it's like this is the start mm -hmm. of us taking control of women's health and women's reproductive rights and reproductive justice and what that looks like. This is just one cog in the wheel. And so I feel like if we take it with that approach, mm -hmm. that's where we can get to better things. And I feel like Ireland has showed us like, hey, we can do this. There's yeah. a support for this just because I may be Catholic, just because, you know, like religion is a big part of my life doesn't mm -hmm. mean that all of a sudden that I don't matter to anything else. Like I'm not going to fight for myself or I'm not going to fight yeah. for those around me. My mothers, my sisters, my nieces, whatever. So shout out to Ireland for being our hero this week. Go, go Ireland. Go Ireland. Because it was men and women. I want to say thank you to y'all for listening to our... Or you all. Or you all for listening to our first show. We are really excited to get this started. You heard a little bit about us. Some of it's rambly, but all in good fun. Hey, we'd like to thank you for listening to More Than a Pretty Face. This show was produced and written by Natalia and Grace. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PrettyFaceLady3. And you can find us on Facebook at More Than a Pretty Face. If you would like to send any questions, comments, concerns, if you know anybody that would be on the show, or if you'd like to be on the show, or if you would like to sponsor our show, because we're trying to sell out real quick, please email us at prettyfacewomen at mtapfpodcast.com. All right, you'll hear from us soon.